When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome back to Car Stuff. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben Bolin. And I'm Scott Benjamin. Yes, Scott we're back. We're uh, the Car Stuff guys ride again, and this time we're going to talk about something that might be uh, a little nostalgic for some people. I think definitely nostalgic. I think a lot of people have had this type of vehicle in their past. Yes, and for everyone who <laughs> somehow didn't see the title of our podcast. Yeah, I always assume that people have read the title before they click on it, but that, sometimes that maybe doesn't happen. Um, it's about pedal cars. Yes, it's about pedal cars. Now, we earlier did an episode on pedal-powered vehicles. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and pedal cars themselves are interesting enough to warrant their own episode. Yeah, I think what we're talking about here this time, because last time we talked about human-powered vehicles, and we were talking about, like, Everything. I think there was something called the Earth Day car, where there were, like, four adults would sit on it, and then... Didn't they they pedal or they, did they row? I can't remember which. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about like um, this time, more like the the classic pedal cars that kids would use. Mm-hmm. And we will get into some some other stuff, but yeah. um, mostly this is talking about the uh, the kitty car version. Now let's uh, let's start with maybe a little little personal information here. Uh, did you, were you one of those lucky kids, Scott? Oh, you know I was, Ben. I know. We talked about it off air. Yeah, you know I You know I would have to have something like this, right? You're past. so lucky, man. Oh, lucky. Well, you had, well, you said you had access to one. I had so that's, access uh, to one. I'm still bitter about a, it. A friend's vehicle, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know how it is sometimes when you have friends as a kid who have the toys that you want. I'm sure for a lot of people... Now that you and I are like old fogies, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people have uh, experience where their friends have a video game that they want or a video game system. Yeah. Well, back in the days of yore, uh, when I was growing up, uh, one of our family friends' kids had a pedal car. Yeah. And so there was a lot of diplomacy involved over whether or not I could get it. And I never actually owned a pedal car myself. Got it. Don't worry, everyone. 
I turned out okay. <laughs> barely. Yeah, barely, yeah. just barely. Yeah. Hey, but what about you? I had, uh, I had. If you want to look up the model I had, I had yeah. an AMF jet sweep, and it was sold by. I think it was Sears who sold those, but um, I don't remember when I got it or where it came from. If it was used in the past or not, you know, if it was mm-hmm. a hand me down from some other family member or something, I just don't remember. I, I can't. Like, I can't place it being under the Christmas tree with a big red bow on it or something. But I know I had it, and uh, I then passed it on to my brothers, my younger brothers. Um, but uh, it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Mine was blue, had, you know, the, the white wheels with the, the red centers, and just very, very basic. Really nothing nothing special about it, It was other than it was just a cool car to have. Yeah. Um, all metal seat. It didn't have any kind of padding or anything like that. It had a black steering wheel and uh, the typical controls. Just really a... Um, bare bones pedal car were you one of those budding stunt drivers it was metal and it could take a lot of abuse i'll tell you that <laughs> and it did take a lot of abuse because you know it went downstairs it went down hills you know mm. i i probably skinned my knees you know with the pedals whirling away inside with my yeah. feet off of them because once you um, pick up speed you got to take your feet off yeah and i'm sure yeah. later on it, this you know evolved into you know towing people with bicycles and things like that. Oh, you know? cool. So um, I know that the thing took a lot of abuse. I don't know where it ended up. I don't mm. know if it's still in my parents' basement or what, but um, I doubt it. I think it probably went on to, you know, it was a donated, donation item or maybe it was uh, sold at a garage sale. Something okay, like something that. like that. Well, hopefully there's still a kid out there right now enjoying it. I hope so. In the best of all possible worlds. What's interesting about this story, don't get me wrong, the whole story is interesting, but one thing that particularly <laughs> ca- catches me is that you say it might be a hand-me-down because something that may be intriguing to our listeners is that pedal cars are actually very old tradition. Yes, they are, nearly as old as the automobile. Yeah, true story, you guys. When uh, the very first, let's see, what when when uh, Benz, right? When Benz comes out with his vehicle. Yeah, like so we're talking like, what, 1896, something yeah, like that? Yeah, late 19th century. Yeah, yeah, very, very late 19th century. But it, it pretty much matches when, you know, Henry Ford is messing around with his uh, his quadricycle on his mm-hmm. on his kitchen table and, uh, you know, his internal combustion engine. Yeah. And uh, when Benz was developing his his um, his vehicle, mm-hmm. um Honestly, they go back. They go back that far, and you know the recumbent bikes that these things kind of are similar to. Mm-hmm. That, that that kind of gives you a, a picture of what the, you know um, Ford's Model T, or not his Model T, rather, but his quadricycle looked like. It was a lot like a like a recumbent bike, almost. Yeah, very well, similar in uh, many ways. And I, I mean, yeah. you know, little differences here and there, but that's kind of where all this come from, comes from. Is that, you know, like these four wheel bicycles that people kind of stretch out on. Yeah. Uh, oh wait. Uh, Carl Benz, the uh, patent Motorwagen. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's that's, that's very, what I was forgetting. Very good. Uh, three-wheel vehicle, too. And we'll, we'll get into uh, some more stuff about this. But, yes, when the pedal cars come out, it uh, it is closely uh, aligned with the emergence of actual cars. Which makes sense because, I mean, why would they call sense. it something different? I mean, would they call it pedal carriages or what would they call it? Because uh, these recumbent bikes, you know, bicycles were wildly popular sure, at yeah. the time. You know, and, you know, just the uh, the safety bikes, I think, were just then coming out, the ones that had the same wheels, the same size wheels, <laughs> right, remember? Because right. the other ones were those goofy ones that the had the gigantic front wheel yeah. and the, the back wheel for steering. <laughs> those always make me laugh Did when I see Did you ever try them. to ride one? I have not. Have you? I got a chance to... Uh, I got a chance to try to ride one. You did, yes. To my, to my unending shame, uh, I was I was a kid, 
you know, and this wasn't yeah. one of the original models. This was a replica. Yeah. Okay. So it was, so what I'm about to tell you is okay. I didn't destroy history. Got Scott. it. Okay. Um, but I did really screw up that bike oh, because, no. because the balance is a little different. I was short. I was, you know, I'm still short, but I was, I was a tiny little tyke. Mm-hmm. To me, I may as well have been on an elephant, yeah. you know, because it seems so much higher up than the, the little bike I was used to. Yeah. And so the, um, trying to, trying to steer, uh, Un, was my downfall, yeah. my literal downfall. Because you're moving your whole body, really. Yeah, and I, I, I uh, did you hurt up, yourself? Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I got skin knee or skin elbow, I think. But mm. uh, when I fell, the main problem was that the the front wheel was deformed on the rock that oh, <laughs> I oh, fell no. against. So, um, so I'm all about the uh, I'm all about the safety <laughs> bike. <laughs> yeah, which is funny to say because you know, I mean, really. That's all we've ever dealt with, really, in our life. Right, right. right. The safety bike, the one, the bikes with the same size wheels, front and back. Yeah, and now and, I can see why. And uh, you know, the the quadricycle, I think, had had similar setup, and mm-hmm. you know, the the recumbent bikes of the day. Believe it or not, recumbent bikes go back to you know, like the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties. Right. Yeah. And racing, and they were actually outlawed at one point, I think, from racing because they were they had such an advantage. People made fun of. You know the the racers that sh- the racers that initially showed up with a recumbent bike, sure, yeah. and uh, they said, "Oh, come on, this is this is never going to work." You know, they're get, mm-hmm. you're getting lazy laying down to cycle, and this guy wants to nap and bike at the same time. Blew away the competition. I mean, absolutely blew them away. Mm-hmm. So you know they weren't laughing for too long. But um, it goes back to the 1930s, ni- or not even earlier, 1920s, yeah. 1930s. But there's a vehicle called a velocar. Yes. Now, velo means bicycle in Dutch, mm-hmm. and uh, so the velo car. It's not hard to figure out what this means. It's a. It's basically a recumbent bike with a uh, a body built around it, and mm-hmm. not a somewhat streamlined body, but not what we think of as streamlined today. This is more, um, you know, uh, wooden coach work almost. You know, very right. Yeah. Nearly upright, but not quite. Your legs are out in front of you, but that's about it. Yeah. This and and these, of course, these things are very low to the ground mm-hmm. and. Uh, these these vehicles, while they may seem out of place, right, on, on an average American Main Street. Yeah, and they are. And they are. Uh, they're, they're actually were quite popular. At one point they were, yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a, a good decade or more where this French manufacturer, actually, I think they called them the Velocar. Yeah. Um, you know, manufactured these things and they were, they were really popular because it's a simple way to get around town. Didn't have this, you know, new internal combustion engine technology mm-hmm. uh, going on for them. And you mentioned, Ben, that there were even some that had electric assist. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a, this is a modern day story. We've got. Oh, modern. I was thinking this is the older version. Oh, no, this is, a, this is a newer one. This is a guy who's still using it. It's a neat little aside. There is a uh, <clears throat> there's an article uh, from Gizmodo, I believe, uh, the real deal on owning a velomobile, hmm. and this is actually uh, covering both the Bayes Go One and the owner of this particular vehicle. Now, the the thing that's interesting about this, this is a three wheel design and. The guy who is using it does mention that it has some similarities to a recumbent bike. It's pedal powered, but it has an electrical uh, assistance there, uh, and it goes around 25 miles per hour, which is no small potatoes when you consider what kind of vehicle it is. That's not bad. And it's pedal powered, so. Not bad. That would frustrate me in traffic, I think. I think it would be frustrating in traffic. I don't 
believe it's the kind of thing that you would want to take out on a lot of city streets no. here in Atlanta. This seems like least. an exhibition vehicle or possibly like something just around the neighborhood or maybe a track. It's just it looks like a yeah. kind of like a four exercise type, you know, it really does vehicle. It really does. And you mentioned that he commutes in it. He does. He commutes in this vehicle. Um, uh, he says it's about a 20 minute ride from his house. Um, and he's based in Canada. Uh, and he says that this vehicle for him is a commuter vehicle. It's not recreational. Uh, and he can also feel a little bit safer because of the aerodynamics and the electric assist. Sure, and you've got a body around you, so if it's raining or something like that, you don't have to worry about getting your uh, your business clothes wet or your laptop or whatever you're carrying with you. Right, um, and he, he does commute in his business clothes. Okay. Good call. All right, so so this is a modern version of a, what do you call it, a Velomobile? Yeah. Is what you said? Yeah. Yeah, because the Velocar was the uh, the French manufacturer from right. the 30s or 40s, so Velocar, I don't know if there's a patent or whatever, mm-hmm. probably. But, you know, early on, Ben... Mm-hmm. The smaller versions of these, the ones that you know we're talking about really today, are, the, are like the, the the true pedal cars. Oh yeah, they're like miniature models of grown-up cars. Exactly, and they and they started out being made by manufacturers of, of you know automobiles that that were you know very well built. I mean, you're talking about like you know the Rolls Royce or the Mercedes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know they were really really well built vehicles. They were kind of a rich kid's toy for a point. You yeah, know, because uh, this was something that the average kid. The, the the average income for family it was probably not able to absorb this sort of cost. No, unless you built one on your own, which was completely possible. That yes. was very, very easy to do because if you look at the early, uh, the very early pedal cars, you're looking at cars that have extremely thin, you know, um, baby buggy wheels. In fact, the first mm-hmm. the first pedal cars did have baby buggy wheels. Um, the guy that you know, kind of made his fortune doing that. Yeah. Um, he went into, you know, into uh, to business with a guy that had done, uh, had, was a toy maker. And I think the guy's name, I've got it written down here something. It's like, it's like Garton, I think is the guy's name, mm-hmm. uh, who made toys. And he had been doing that since like the 1870s. So they kind of paired up and made these, uh, these new pedal cars based on the automobiles that they saw on the road. And uh, again, it was a rich kid's toy at first. Uh, eventually, you know, it became, kind of a common thing for kids to have. I mean, in the 1950s, uh, a lot of children had pedal cars, and that was like a right. big, that was a big, you know, that was a big item to receive on Christmas morning. And the one of the reasons, uh, of course, the implied question here is, well, Scott and Ben, how did it go from being a kind of a higher-end toy to being something that many more children could, or their families, rather, could afford? And the answer, of course, is one of the same things that we see with the emergence of the Model Ford, Mm -hmm. which is the assembly line, the scalable production of the industry lowered the price. And, you know, Thank goodness. I'm not. I'm. I want to go on record saying I don't resent anybody, yourself included, my friend, mm-hmm. who was lucky enough to uh, have a pedal car, and uh, enterprising enough to build one. I think that's a really interesting point here because we we talked about how they have thinner bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when they get to the mass production, a lot of these are steel at the times. Yeah. So they have uh, steel sheet bodies. Their steering systems are open and the bottoms are open. Of course, anybody who's been in one notices that. Um, one, one kid uh, that I think is my second cousin. Eh, big family. One of these kids told me that it reminds him of a Flintstone car. Yeah, yeah, because you could stick your feet out of the bottom and propel it that way if you wanted to. Of course, your your shins are going to knock against the pedals, and there's 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 a lot happening inside there. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, most are very, very, very simple. Just a steering wheel, 
pedals mm-hmm. and and a metal seat, and that's about it. I want to talk later mm-hmm. about some of the uh, the the modern versions. Okay, uh, but yeah, we we will get into some of those. There, there's some fantastic ones out there. There are a lot of variations, Ben, on pedal car theme as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are tractors. I remember pedaling around in a tractor. Um, I don't know whose it was or, or where it was. I don't remember exactly, but the tractor, which is even easier, I think. Uh, it's a big tractor body, very upright, very tall right. and thin. Uh, uh, has they're the, dump trucks. Had big wheels in the back, and it had you know you're pedaling right at the front wheel, those little tiny wheels. So that was a different <laughs> scenario. The uh, yeah, you mentioned um, dump trucks. And oh yeah, like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I no, just no. got I got excited when we were talking about. Um, how many different variations there are because yeah. it's it's strange to think that when these really hit their heyday and they were the must-have toy, they were mm-hmm. they were like Elmo before Elmo was the go-to Christmas yeah. present. Uh, that car manufacturers were making some pretty good money yeah. by producing these. Uh, let's see, one one group called them. Uh, the Butler brothers uh, called them juvenile steel automobiles. Oh, cool. You know, there were models that were meant to mirror real models that you could buy on the road, too, because yeah. there's the Kidilac. There's uh, <laughs> there's one that you know looked like the jet sweep that I had, and if you looked it up, um, it was very, very square, very boxy, mm-hmm. very nondescript vehicle, right? I mean, right. it did look like the, the cars of the late 60s, maybe. Really squared off, like almost like a like a Ford Galaxy-type body, where it's yeah. really, really okay. square, okay? It did, yeah, it does. And... Um, but they would, you know, they'd paint it a special color and they'd put a decal on the side that said, or paint on the side rather, it would say like Camaro. And mm-hmm. that means that, you know, you've got a Camaro and they would charge maybe a dollar or two more. Because these things were, you know, they're very low cost at the time. I mean, probably a relatively expensive toy. But mm-hmm. looking back now, when you see what the prices were, it's, it's kind of maddening because of what they cost now. Yeah, for collectors. But, um, you know, maybe 20 bucks, something like that, $25. That's kind of expensive back then, but, you know, now you're looking at prices that, you know, are in the hundreds of dollars. And, and you know, you can even buy pedal car kits that you have to assemble yourself, you know, completely from nothing. You know, they'll right. send you a kit with just the basics, um, you know, wood or metal. You know, you're talking like two or $300, but that's just the tip of the iceberg compared to the ones we're going to talk about later in the podcast. Yes. Uh, oh, I do want to take a sidebar real quick and say that um – to, to confirm the point, uh, there were electric motor pedal cars, oh. electric assists. Yeah, the uh, UK's uh, Lines Brothers, mm-hmm. um, they had, uh, I think in the late 1930s, um, they had a range of pedal cars. So they had one which was called the Prince, and that's, you know, for four years old and younger. And then <laughs> their top of the line, the electric rolls. Wooden body, 12-volt electric motor. Oh, man. How cool would that be to find one of those today? In ni- yeah. How cool would it be to find one today or to get one in 1939? Yeah, That'd really. Be amazing. Yeah, I, I, either way, yeah. But, you know, we we'd mentioned different types. There's There right. were tractors. You mentioned, uh, like, dump trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's construction equipment. There were airplanes. There were trains. Yeah. Just about anything the that Red you could Baron imagine. The Red Baron model. All of the – yeah, exactly. All of these, all of these vehicles, you know, that, that, that mirrored – larger vehicles that that kids wanted to drive or wanted to look at, wanted to have, mm-hmm. and they could have it in this miniature form and, you know, drive it around the neighborhood or whatever they wanted to do, drive down the, the nearest hill, mm-hmm. anything. It was fun, a lot of good fun. And, you know, what's funny is that, you know, we're talking about kids only, but these have recently become popular with collectors. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. 
Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose Glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. And the collectors are often, you know, guys my age and your age or older Mm -hmm. that kind of want to, you know, maybe hang on to these things as mementos of, you know, their their childhood. Or just because, you know, they're into hot rods now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a a pedal car and make it into a hot rod. Or maybe I'm going to buy a hot rod already, you know, a, a collector car that, or rather a pedal car that is a hot rod, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to hang it up in the wall of my office. Yeah, it's, it can be memorabilia, it can be an art piece, but also, I, I can't remember where I was reading it, and I'll have to apologize to this collector. I saw a, a great website for auctions of uh, pedal cars, Ooh. and somebody said, I was, somebody said, I started collecting these because the storage space and the costs make it way easier. <laughs> and I was wrong about the cost later yeah. or something because these these things um, can be hot commodities at they, an auction. They really can. And, and you know, you'll find cars in, in lots of different conditions. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll find some that are uh, pristine and beautiful. You and know. then some that are barely together. Exactly. We talked about, you know, some people, you'll you'll be driving down the road and you'll see some used as like a, a planter. You know, they've put a, yeah. a piece of wood in the bottom, uh-huh. filled it with dirt, and now it's a planter outside by their by their mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see some that are just abandoned, you know, off mm-hmm. to nowhere. You'll see some that, you know, kids are still using, of course. And there's modern versions. There's, you know, the, the plastic versions. And there's, you know, like the, the Barbie versions that have, you know, the battery power. And yeah, that's something different. We're not really... We're not talking about big wheels. Not so much talking about that. You're not big wheels, but you know, the kind that have a, a car body to them, mm-hmm. some type of collector value, I guess, to them because collectors sure. do want them. Um I, I think that, you know, there's there's 
just as big a market for these things as for collectors now as there are for you know people buying them for kids. Dude, funny fact, mm-hmm. weird fact. I don't know if you ran into this in your research, but I ran into this a couple of times. Uh, pedal cars were really big in Australia. I didn't know that. So big, in fact, that they have commemorative stamps for pedal cars. No kidding. No kidding. I, I had no idea that that was going on. So why? I wonder why it was so big there. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, the The question is open. I'd love to have uh, one of our listeners write in and tell us, uh, maybe even send us a stamp. I Com- don't know. <laughs> commemorative stamps. No kidding. That might, I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal because that, that, it takes a lot to get something put on a stamp. You have to be kind of important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, boy, that's an interesting story. We'll have to dig into that. Yes. Can we talk about... The, some of the adult stuff that you can do with the pedal cars? I do, yeah. And it sounds like you're talking dirty when you say that. But, uh, uh, I'm but sorry. Not. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you're not. I'm not. I'm no, not. no, because, uh, I mean, man. We're, man, we're a family show. These, I, we're talking about collector car, right? I mean, mm-hmm. collectors wanting these things. Well, we found uh, some links of uh, car, you know, pedal car restoration. Yes. That were, just blew me away. Yes. I mean, this is where... Like somebody went back, and you know, one in particular that I'm looking at here, and I, I forwarded this link to you, Ben. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think when you saw the before and after photos? I thought it might be if I hadn't seen the photos in between, I would have thought it was a different thing. Yeah, a different, different vehicle, a different completely point. different vehicle. Yeah, because when you uh, see what he starts with, it's amazing. If if you're interested in seeing the photos that we're talking about, and this is again just one example of hundreds of them mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. um, a, a site called GarageJournal.com garagejournal.com and uh, just search for my pedal car restoration and you'll see this car that um, this gentleman who who's redoing this vehicle he he picked up the pedal car that belonged to his grandparents that he had ridden you know back as a kid in 1960 or something like that and uh, it you know had been sitting outside in the rain basically for 50 years so you can imagine the condition this thing's in. It's, yeah, it's completely it's rusted. No, it's a, it's it's in bad shape, but it's an old fire truck or mm-hmm. a fire fire vehicle, I guess. Um, it originally had some, you know, like a ladder to it and a bell and everything, yeah. and it's got worn out graphics and it's really rusty and beat up. Well, he brought this thing back to life in a matter of ten days, um, and I mean completely back to life. And it's a it's now blue, has brand new graphics that he bought from the original manufacturer. And ordered them online or you know wherever. Found them through the mail. Um, painted it a completely different color. He did all the body work. This is cracking me up, Ben, because he did <laughs> he did it just as you would do a like a car restoration. Yeah, like a full size car restoration. Exactly. He did it on his bench top. You know, he tore everything off of it, sanded it, primed it, painted it. You know, the bondo and everything mm-hmm. that went, goes along with that. Redid it the way he wanted to do it. Put a lot more paint detail into it than it originally had because it was originally just. I think it was just one color, maybe two. It maybe had silver on the front. Um, but he did a beautiful job with this thing. And, uh, you know, it includes buying new tires for it and everything. Mm-hmm. And just fantastic. And I can imagine that, you know, a lot of people are out there doing similar type projects. You know, with ones that they find maybe at a garage sale mm-hmm. or at a swap meet somewhere, um, you may expect to pay 100 bucks for something like that, even in poor condition. But once you bring it back to life, it's it's definitely worth some, you know, something worth hanging on the shop wall. And, uh if you have a young child, uh, they they might love it. Let me tell you, Ben. If what? you give something like that, that blue fire uh-huh. truck that he restored, yeah. if you give that to a kid, they will never, ever forget that for the rest of their life. They will remember that always. Yeah, because you recall specifically the color of the steering wheel and the body of yours. Yeah. I do. It was, it was it's very, very memorable. And, I mean, like he said, he's going to let his grandkids drive it. He had initially thought... 
I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to let them. Yeah. Because he, he was worried that they were going to do what he did to it, you know, which was drive, drive it down straight the walls. And, yeah. <laughs> just ram into things. You know, like there's that tree. I'm going to hit it again as hard as I can. Yeah. And that's what kids do. And he said, you know what? That that was a great memory for me. I want them to have that too. Which is really you know commendable. I think it's noble. Uh, noble is a great word. I've got a great word that I want to tell you. Racing. Oh, racing. Now, you wouldn't think this, these go together, right? Right, but they, they do. I was, uh, yeah, some people might find this surprise, su- surprising, rather. So maybe you're listening to the podcast and you're saying, ah, guys, I don't know. I get what you're saying about nostalgia, but pedal car is not really for me. I don't want to just collect something and put it somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't have any kids or whatever. Well, hey, man, why don't you start racing pedal cars? Uh, we found some great information about pedal car racing. Can I interrupt you for a second? Interrupt. I want to tell you that when you say pedal car racing to me, hmm. I imagine like those those kind of corny competitions where they have adults get on tricycles and their knees are up to their chin and they're pedaling as fast as they can and they look ridiculous. And Somewhere they, like an exhibition race. Exactly, and they fall over. That's not the case here, is it? Oh, no, sir. So, you so are right. what kind of pedal cars are these people racing? Ah, these uh, these people. Let me give you a picture here. Uh, I want you to to check out this. this oh, cool! This is from a uh, British association, and these folks are racing. Uh, as you can see, a variety of cars. Mm-hmm. One of one of them uh, looks almost like a recumbent bike with uh, an extra tire. But this stuff, at least in the UK, is tough, man. This. This is a uh, sport that has, I'm quoting from the website here, up to six drivers per car and races of up to 24 hours duration. So they do endurance racing. They do endurance racing in pedal cars, man. So different drivers, they switch in and out just like uh, like they would at Le Mans or something uh-huh. like that, only with pedal power instead of horsepower. Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, so of course they're human-powered vehicles, uh, and they've got the... the uh, <clears throat> four, four wheels, right, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of... A lot of the typical pedal-powered things we've talked about have two or three wheels. So a lot of these vehicles, in answer to your question, are built by the teams themselves. Okay. And so they uh, they use their own ingenuity, their own know-how, and I'm sure a lot of trial and error, to make these endurance races. I'm sorry I keep going back to it, but it's just incredible to me yeah, that I've, we've raced it for 24 hours. I read a little bit about this also in that, you know, it's it, the, the series, if you want to, want to look for a series that you can kind of watch, mm-hmm. um, there's the British Pedal Car Championship Series. And mm-hmm. that's run in, uh, I think it's over a couple of months. It's like April through September mm-hmm. in the UK. Uh, they do like seven races. They, I think they said that it's a total of like 60 hours of racing is what that amounts it's to. That's crazy. That's yeah. a lot of racing. And, you know, basically, I guess if you want to boil this down to what this is, it's really a streamlined recumbent bike that they race. And the 24 hours that they race, of course, they're racing at night. They have to have headlights and taillights installed in these things as well. So there's got to be yeah. some kind of um, a minimal electrical system that mm-hmm. goes along. I don't know if it's battery-powered or what. It must be. Or maybe um, pedal-powered. Maybe there's a, a generator that you know attaches to the wheel or something. Don't stop pedaling. You're in the dark. Yeah, so um, I, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, but these guys, they travel, and they go, they go like 18 and a half miles an hour. That may be like the average speed. They go faster than that. That's average mm-hmm. on this track. And they may do as much as like you know 1,200 laps of this track that they run on. So it's it's not like a, a kids competition. This is for, this is serious business for these adults. 
Yeah, I I was impressed when I was reading about this, mm -hmm. and I'd love to uh, hear from someone who was involved in this or is involved. Yeah. What, know, what, how about that? how about something serious for kids? Yeah, let's get serious for kids. And I this may be okay. I said serious for kids. This may be serious for adults too, because I I see this stuff as almost like like an office. Uh, Fixture, like something you would put in your uh, your your office at home, or maybe mm -hmm. uh, hanging on the garage or in your sh on your shop wall or something. Um, there's some amazing, amazing reproductions that they're doing now with pedal cars. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start. I'll start with uh, the Ferrari F2 car, and mm -hmm. you know the prices of these things. You know they go up. So the Ferrari F2 car, which is a Formula 2 car, just as it sounds, from the 1950s. Uh, you can find these. These are somewhat limited production. A few of the colors have gone out of production, but you can take a look at this one, Ben. That's about 500 bucks. That's it? 500 bucks, and it's a beautiful-looking little car, right? This is the best. I've, I've, I've seen this picture. This is the best-looking yeah. pedal car I've ever seen. They're, they're awesome. They've got a real smooth uh, yeah. body. It's, a, it's again, a, for, a Ferrari Formula 2 car from the 1950s, mm -hmm. early 1950s. Again, five hundred bucks. That's pretty expensive for a toy, and and I think that the age there it says it's from like ages three to seven. So, mm -hmm. don't get the idea that you can climb in this thing and have fun in your driveway because it it will break. Or I just did have wrong. that idea. I'm letting go of it. Now. I I honestly thought you know like it might be fun just to you know cram myself into this thing and try to you know do one lap around my courtyard or something mm -hmm. and, and then uh, just park it somewhere, but. I don't know. It looks like a lot of fun. I, I think this is a neat thing to, to have. It would be cool. Yeah. It'd be a cool. Um, I don't know. Just a decoration, really. At this yeah, point. it would be a cool decoration. Here's an interesting thing that I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the show, but remember when we were? Uh, I think this was years ago when we had moved in this office relatively recently. Yeah, we had that pocket Ducati. I do. Uh, yeah. We've never talked about what, that on the What air. a great thing to have. I mean, it's just a neat thing to have in the office. I don't know why that is, but, I mean, it, <laughs> it's functional. It worked. Somebody would break this Ferrari pedal car in the first day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It would probably be me. It, somebody I'd would probably be, run it into a wall. Or we something. did have a pocket motorcycle here for a while. That was Ooh. really cool. Um, the next one I want to go on to, Ben, here, there's yeah. a couple of these, and I'll get to one that you know is a little more fun for you and I. Okay. Uh, there's a Morgan three-wheeler. So you're talking about a car that's like 100 years old. Yeah. You know, those old – but the crazy thing about this is, you know, they were small cars to begin with. So this 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 uh, pedal car for kids is actually two-thirds scale, hmm. which is kind of funny because it's, it's, it's a big pedal car, but it's not that much smaller than the original than car the itself. Actual vehicle, than the actual yeah. vehicle. Yeah. So, I mean, it has a, a mock-up of an engine on the front just like you'd expect in the, the – the Morgan three-wheeler. Um, it, it's got some interesting things. It's limited to 500 vehicles, I believe. Though, I mean, at least this article says that. Um, again, two-thirds scale. It's got an aluminum body, a tubular chassis. It's meant for, like, ages 6 to 13, which is, you know, kind of upping it a bit. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit bigger. It has three speeds, Ben. So you can, you know, it's like gearing, like almost like wow. a bicycle would have. Okay. Um, it has working lights and an adjustable seat. So, you know, again, ages 6 to 13, there's a big difference in body size there so uh, it has an adjustable seat hey, so it's got some great features hey man hmm. i you and i know each other pretty well by this point scott whenever you start naming awesome features yeah. you're trying to butter me up for the price <laughs> I, I am i am because this one uh, this one gets a little bit more expensive ben okay um let's just put it th I'll, I'll get before i give you the uh, the final price here <laughs> okay it was given in pounds, so I, I had to convert it today. I did the conversion today. I went on the site. Um, but if you want to choose the color or if you want to choose leather interior, 
that's leather gonna, interior. That's going to add four hundred dollars onto the price that I'm about to tell you. I might as well just buy the for. Go on. Okay, so it's going <laughs> to add four hundred dollars onto it if you add leather or the you know a certain choice of vehicle color. It's about four thousand U.S. dollars. Four thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah, that's about twenty five hundred pounds. Uh, so it's given in British pounds. Um, four thousand U.S. dollars for this this model. But Holy I'll tell you, it's. It's a it's a gorgeous model. It's really I mean, pretty. Yeah. It's it's a neat looking vehicle and two thirds scale. That's a pretty big pretty big vehicle. And the variable speed. There's some good tech on there. You want me to show you the granddaddy of them all here for kids? Yes. This is for kids. Now this there's a bigger the one, one that, for kids. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a moment. But Audi makes one of the uh, Auto Union Type C race car. Now we had talked about the Ferrari and I checked out the Ferrari and I. Did not know. This is the first time I've heard about the Audi. This car wow, is that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And when you look at the detail in this thing, if you find if you do any searches for this thing, make sure you search around and find something that shows you about ten or twelve photos of this thing. Because they give you some underbody shots of this thing and, and you know the way it's put together, it's almost like it's it's hand built it's hand built. Nine hundred pieces go into this this pedal carbon. Oh, wow. 900 pieces. It'll give you an idea of the detail involved in mm-hmm. it. It's got leather and wood inside. Um, it's got working gauges. Uh, it's limited to about 999 units. Um, it has seven speeds, hydraulic brakes, disc brakes, of course. What? It's disc brakes. It has disc brakes. Um, you know, the chain drive system. It's got, you know, like I mentioned, the leather. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful-looking car. It really does look like the Auto Union Type C uh, race car. Yeah. The price, Ben? Here's where we go. Okay. Yeah, hit me with it. $13,290 for the pedal car version of this, which is a bargain when you consider that the original, the real one, is valued around $10 million. Okay. You know what? When you put it that way, it does seem like a bargain. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to – I think I might still build my own. Let me tell you, though, this is not for adults. It's for kids only. So, Mm -hmm. again, this to me – is almost like one that you would just buy as a showpiece in your office. You know, like a yeah. an, an executive would buy this and put it next to his mahogany desk and say, "Look at my very fine Auto Union Type C Roadster." If I had a child, the only way that I would give them that car is if I specifically knew that they already knew the Audi story. You know, that they know <laughs> why it's so cool. I don't know, Ben. I don't even think that. I don't think that would do it. You'd have to hold. You'd have to have like a string on it, and if they got too close to a wall or anything, you'd have to like give that a tug. Oh yeah, right. Could like it, maybe it is better as an office showpiece because could they really have fun with it? Could they really hit things and you know, <laughs> I drive don't know, downstairs? It sounds a bit Scrooge's to say that you know you wouldn't let the kid drive it. I mean, but yeah. But Thirteen thousand two hundred ninety bucks for a toy, mm-hmm. and I mean people people buy this stuff for their kids. I mean you'll see kids in these things if you look at you know the promotional photos of these. Of course they're out driving around. I don't know if it's right. just for the photo shoot if they really own it or what. But I'll tell you that it's it's a beautiful beautiful pedal car. It really is. It's a work of art, it honestly. Really is. And I, I'm not saying that in any sort of hyper hyperbole way. No, no, it's gorgeous. And you know, if okay, so now we so talked about the kids. Let's talk about ourselves. Yeah. What are what are we gonna and, ride? And this man? is kind of the last thing that I want to mention okay. here. Because we've gone through restorations and collectors and mm-hmm, antiques racing, and all that and yeah. racing and I think we're getting to the end here where, you know, some of the adults are saying like, well what about me? Yeah, what about us? Where's where's my pedal car? You know, other than the recumbent bike that you can lay down in, you build a body around. It's eh. it's different. Here's one that they call. They actually call it a pedal go kart. Okay. Oh. So it's okay. a, a little different. Looking at this thing, Ben, I got to tell you, I'm I'm much more impressed with the small Auto Union than I am with with the looks of this one. It's a Ferrari. It's got a Ferrari badge on it, but it has 
like, almost like automobile wheels, and you sit yeah. you sit upright and you hold a steering wheel like you would in a go kart. Um, but you do pedal this thing, so it is a it is a pedal cart. But it's called the FX FXX Exclusive BF7 Pedal Go Kart by Berg. And so it's just got the Ferrari badging. It does. It's a uh, it's got the badging. It's made by a company called Berg. That's B E R G, mm-hmm. and it's the FF. I'm sorry, I keep messing that up. FXX BF7. And again, it's a pedal go-kart. It does have um, some interesting features. Now, this one, it's from ages 7 to adult, so it's, uh, you know, you and I could ride on this Finally, thing. Finally, we're in. Uh, the weight limit is up to 350 pounds, so I'm just under that. <laughs> Barely able to make that. No, I'm kidding. I'm Thankfully, I'm uh, whatever. Uh, Seven-speed transmission, which mm-hmm. is nice. Nice, yeah. Uh, it has coaster pedal brakes and a rear disc brake system, so it's got a little both. Like, remember we mentioned in the Auto Union had disc brakes? Yes. This also has disc brakes. Um, steering is a double ball joint system, So, um, and it's got a, uh, I think it's got a padded, uh, what do they call it, a padded leather-like seat or something like that. A leatherette seat. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Leather leather look or something like that. Uh, and steering wheel. It's it's a bigger vehicle, but it's a vehicle, again, a four-wheel vehicle, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, four-wheel. Yeah, it's four-wheel. Four wheels. It, uh, it's designed for someone our age. It's that, an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I went, uh, how much is it? <laughs> before we, before uh, we say yeah, anything yeah. else. Here we go. 2700 bucks. So it's expensive. Wow. That's a pricey toy. That is. That is. It, but see, what what price can you put if we're already know if we already know that we're in the toy zone or whatever, yeah. what price can we really put on this? I okay. I don't want to Well, I I think it's it's fair to say, you know, sometimes people will uh give parents a hard time about buying some toy for their kids that they think somebody else thinks is too flashy or mm-hmm. or too much money or something but you know honestly unless they're your kids yeah unless you're paying for it i don't think it's really fair to have a say so i'm not going to buy this uh this beautiful audi pedal car um it would be nice if it just showed up in our office yeah. but yeah you know what well this this ferrari car that we're talking about for yeah. the adults yeah i've never seen one in real life i mean it, i would be the only person in my, you know, my neighborhood or in my city, even I think they would have one of these. But then you'd be that guy. Too. I, I think so. I'd be that guy riding around on his go kart or it's his double edged uh, sword. Like, you know what? I'm not going to say go kart because I, I, I'm going to be doing that soon. I've got my go kart in the driver, the powered go kart. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be that guy riding around on my pedal go kart. How about that? Yeah. I would be that guy. And you don't want to be rude. I mean, what if a kid sees it and it's obviously a pedal car and they say, "Hey, Mr. B, can I hop on? Absolutely can not. I take her." <laughs> No way. Did this thing cost me twenty seven hundred bucks? It's a Ferrari. You may observe it from a it's distance. It's my Ferrari. You may look at it from a distance that I deem acceptable. <laughs> Does that sound too uh, over overbearing? No, that sounds really warm and approachable. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's that, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, but uh, then also. Uh, for a bargain basement price, you can tell people you were the owner of a Ferrari. That's right. Yeah, that's the that's the only uh, you know Ferrari that you can actually ride and drive in for twenty seven hundred bucks. I would think. Yeah, without without renting one or something. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, again, there's there's adult pedal cars out there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what you want to call it and and the way it's I guess classified because like the there's a recumbent bike type that you mentioned. Right. There's this kind, this Ferrari kind that you know we, we mentioned More here. More upright. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess you could you could come up with something on your own if you're a welder. You know, yeah. You could, and we've mentioned this many times. If you can weld, you can do anything. Absolutely. So um, make Absolutely. your make your own. Make something really cool because this one is very upright. I think if this one was like a more of a lay down version, mm-hmm. I would be attracted to this. 
Because it's more aerodynamic. You're sitting way up in the open in this one. If you were to yeah. sit down almost as in like a, a car body, because this one doesn't have that. If this is a car body, I think it would be a, a hit. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. So we hope you guys have enjoyed our uh, conversation here with the the history, the past, the present, and the future, possibly, of pedal cars. Uh, We want to know if you are on Scott's team. Did you grow up with one? Are you on Ben's team? Do you have bittersweet (laughs) <laughs> bittersweet <laughs> memories um, and if you if you have a pedal car if you had one when you were a kid are you going to pass it down to your uh, your children we want to hear your pedal car stories uh, and as always we want to see cool car related photos if you want to drop by our Facebook we'd love to hear from you you can send us a tweet on Twitter and you can write us an email directly at carstuff at discovery.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. 